This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Sans Pants Radio. Australia's most biased podcast network. If you're a DM... I can guarantee you've found yourself in this exact position. You've introduced a very obvious quest hook, but also, at the same time, offhandedly introduced a goblin named Coconuts, and now all your players are interested in is where is Coconuts going? But you've not got anything planned because you came up with the name on the spot, possibly after seeing a coconut, and so, all of a sudden, you've got to come up with a whole bunch of content out of nowhere. Oh no. Well, Describe, spelt D-S-C-R-Y-B, offers over 1,400 scenes of places, monsters, and spells to help you out. They work just like the box text from your favourite adventure book, but they're designed to be read aloud in your campaign. Where does coconuts live, your players might ask? Well, all you've got to do is flip through Describe's easy-to-browse index of scenes to grab a place and read aloud the description written by a professional writer with decades of experience. It's a seriously invaluable service for DMs both new and seasoned Players will always throw you a curveball, so having access to spells, places, and monsters pre-written that you don't have to think about is such a boon. So if you never want to be caught with your pants down, if you want to be able to provide deep lore on coconuts with a click of your fingers, visit describe.com slash nerds. That's D-S-C-R-Y-B dot com slash nerds, and use the code nerds at checkout to save 10%. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 20 of Zombie Plagued Chult. Previously, it's Lucano's time. Every moment you're asleep is the moment your wife is choosing fight over you. Does it make you love her more or less? Lucano, fucking stop! She has no chill. I pull the chalice out and just chuck it at Pop and say, "You're welcome." Well, we can keep going. I've I've got them all. I walk up to Pop and I say, "You're so lucky, Pop." For most people, the most important things in the world aren't something they could just hold. And I walk away. <sighs> you did more damage to Pop just now than any of the enemies. Do, did I take room. any damage? You take. No sooner has the last orc fallen than one of the five red gems above the portcullis lights up. Huh. Oh. Every, every single member of the party stares at that with literally the same expression. Four lights appear around you, Pop. Uh-oh. Electricity launches from them to you. I'm immune to electricity. (laughs) And I weighed up my wife's safety versus yours, and I deemed yours more immediate. I have left nothing behind. I've played every card I have, and I've played it not for me, but for us. You are one of the most selfish people I have ever met, and I know Valindra Shadowmantle. I cannot believe how rude you have been. 
Having just given Pop a thorough verbal beating, Artis gestures for you to come with him, Tiffany. Um, I take Artis's hand as we walk. I'm so sorry. Artis Simber just doesn't say anything. You continue through the archway. You feel yourself walking through an area of heavy magic. Yep. Oh, I, I drop my bag as well. Uh, you drop your bag? Yeah, your, uh, yeah with, I, with, all the ma- with all the metal stuff. Do you stuff drop your it. leather armor? Yeah, anything with metal on it, I take off. As you pass through, Artis Simber's wooden bow begins to rot, decay, and then becomes dust. Your clothes begin to rot and decay as well. They hang loose off you. It looks like anything non-magical or non-living is just destroyed in this hallway. You would have lost everything if you walked into this hallway. I'm glad I took my whole bag off then. (laughs) At the other end of the hallway, you see a yawning archway. It has a keystone adorned with an iron bull skull, which bites down on an ivory ring. Beyond which, there's a uh, a room you can see. You can also hear, like, the faint whirring of mechanical something-something. Do you reckon this is a god? I doubt it. I think we've gotten all of the gods. Artis Simber approaches the iron bull skull, which is biting down on the ivory ring. Mm-hmm. He looks back at you with uncertainty and says, Can you give me a leg up? Sure. You give him just a, like a little bit of extra height so he can reach up to the bull. He grabs the ring and yanks. As soon as the ring comes out of the bull's mouth, you feel the magical field in the hallway dissipate. I think it's safe for everyone else to come through. Brilliant. Um, is the ring like a wearable ring or is it just something in the bull's mouth? You could put the... It's big enough to wear as a ring, yeah? You could if you wanted to, but the magic of it does not seem to... It yep. no longer feels magical. Cool. Well, we head on back... Grab all our stuff and... Artis Simber borrows a bow from... Hey, Adam. Yeah? I have a bow. He doesn't Um, ask you. He purposely does not ask you, and if you say anything, he actually ignores you. Oh, I don't tell him about the bow. I'm not speaking to anyone. (laughs) I'm just sitting on the floor with my best friend, my thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) Fun fact, they're not my friends. Oh, poor Baba. He can't borrow Flask of Wine's one, because Flask of Wine needs that one. He borrows... Uh, Lucanu had one. He borrows Lucanu's. Then you progress onwards. I'm sorry about your bow, Artis. It wasn't special to me. It was just a bow. Don't know why that hurt me so much to hear. I'm at the back of the group. I don't know what other order people are in, but I'm, I'm at the back. <laughs> uh, you're up the back, I'm going to say, with Biff and Lucanu. Oh, no, actually, Lucan is up the front. She's been up the front whenever possible. You're up the back with Biff and Tlad. Any of them speaking to me? If you talk to them, they speak. Mm, no. Okay. Well, no, I'm just. Tlad and Biff are having a casual conversation, but hushed. They don't want to make too much noise. That's our own business. Artis and I are at the front, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, their casual conversation is just like. They just ask it basically the equivalent of how's the weather. Yeah. It's a yeah. very small talky type conversation. So hot wind tinged with the smell of burning oil blows down a 40 foot diameter vertical shaft. Stone balconies protrude from the holes on opposite sides of this expanse with the West balcony 15 feet higher than the East one. So you're on the East one. The 15 foot one is higher is 15 foot higher than you. And there's just like an open expanse between them. 
Two thick chains rattled the gulf between the balconies, one ascending 200 feet before disappearing into a cloudy vortex lit by arcs of purple lightning, while the other wrapping around an enormous metal gear floating 100 feet below. Another 100 feet below the second gear, a second vortex rages. So I'm assuming... It's like a pulley system, yeah? Yeah. So we walked past the stairs going down. Mm Mm-hmm. Tiffany, you recognize what this is. Both of these uh, these vortexes look like entrances to the plane mechanis, where the monodrone came from before. The iron chain here presumably goes into mechanis, which is kind of like a giant plane of gears and pulleys and, and stuff, comes down here to turn this cog. This entire thing looks like the powerhouse that operates this level. All the different cogs that turn. Mm -hmm. It looks like this is where they get their power from. Tiffany, I cannot explain to you how incredibly scary this is to see. The Lich Asarak has harnessed the power of an entire plane just to power some funny cogs in one of his many dungeons, on one floor of his many dungeons. This is a level of casual power that astounds you. You have never seen someone... It would be like capturing a thousand dragons just to have them heat your oven. Oh, fuck. That's Mechanus. He's using mechanisms for the cogs. There is, to your left, a set of stairs going down as well, just before this archway, I should say. Sorry, I should have mentioned it before. Is it maybe a good time for a rest? Do we feel safe here? You could try to make your way back to Valindra if you wanted to. Here does not feel very safe. You are quite near a open portal to another place. Can we gauge that if we go, keep going past the portal... Like, we to work- the other platform? Yeah, would that take us? We know it looks hazardous. It's so the jump looks very difficult because you are jumping. Uh, you are jumping fifteen feet, and it's also up. Could you ride a chain up? Yeah. <laughs> so you definitely believe you could ride a chain up. That is several jumps, though. There is alternatively. Oh, I don't think anyone in your party can fly. No, I'm going to say off the top of my head, I don't think anyone in this party can fly. Flask of Wine could just climb along the walls, though, so he's fine. Hey, so can Nang Nang. So can Nang Nang. But I don't want to put anyone else in my head and get in trouble. You could give it to another party member. At least they would be able to cross safely. <laughs> yeah, all right. All right, we get it. I, I might... I might for the moment, because, um, yeah, we passed some stairs that we should have checked out. I just want to see what's down those stairs and get out of this room. <laughs> yeah, can I go back and just, like, peep down the stairs? Can I see anything yeah, sure. down the stairs? Uh, these stairs descend into darkness for a little while. You'll have to get onto them and walk down if you want. Does anyone, does anyone want to come with me? Does anyone? I mean, if you start going down them, I will follow you. Yeah, the the party kind of is going to take that as the hint that okay, cool. We're going downstairs and stuff. Yeah, we'll have a look. You want to head that way? We just want to have a look. What's there? Can Starfall and talk to Valinda and tell her? Tell yeah, Starfall and you can assume has been updating Valinda of what's been happening, with the exception of a conversation that oh. happened very recently. Uh. <sighs> um, hang on, hang on. With the combination. 
Did we work out before that there's a combination that she can make where she can have a clear walkway to where we are? No, unfortunately, there's no set that allows that. Okay. Never mind then. Someone needs to be in the control room to get all the way through. Can we get to her at all? Well, you know that if you go onto the lake, one can navigate their way into the cogs from there. It's a difficult climb, but it is theoretically possible. So if one of you wanted to brave the lake, you could get in. Or several of you. A group could go. It might be clever to go in a group. Or it might be stupid to go in a group. Can't she get her own way in on the lake? She could, yeah. You could ask her to make her own way on the lake. Would she do that? She could. You don't know. Stop falling. Yeah. Would you mind asking Belinda if she can maybe take one of the boats? She, she needs to be careful, but honestly, she's so powerful, I reckon she'd be fine to take anything that she saw. Belinda's fine to do that. Okay. That means you'll have no one in the control room if you need to change the gears. We need to change the gear. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Let's think. Okay, so the way forward is down, right? Yes. So maybe let's not go in the stairs now. Let's suss out what's behind the gears. Okay. And finish exploring this level so that we know all the things that are on this level and then we call Valinja over because then we know we're just going to go down to the next level. Cast, this is some good thinking and I like it. Okay. We're not going down the stairs. Uh Flask of wine and someone else who has Nang Nang, if Pop so chooses to share... I'm not really paying attention to anything that's happening, so someone would have to bring it up. Artisimba thinks it's a bad idea, although I guess he hasn't said that, so you don't know yeah. that. And Flask of Wine, yeah, just wouldn't think to bring that up. This looks dangerous. Um, well, if we fully explore this section and make sure there's nothing left that we might need the gears for, we can finish exploring it, get Valindra to come here, thank you, Star Fallen, and then go down to the next level together. Um, what about Flask and... Can I borrow the Pearl of Power? We can climb across. That way it's less dangerous. I just hand you the Pearl of Power. I do not say a word. I just give it to you. You see Artisember does not look comfortable with this, but he doesn't say anything. You grab the Pearl of Power? Yeah. Well, you actually don't roll because without um, being attuned, you can't You can't use the ability. So uh, Nang Nang enters your mind. You don't share well with others, but you can climb on walls. And you're no longer brave. Oh, no. <laughs> so are you going to go with Flask? Yep. We're going to climb the walls and see what's there. Uh, on the other platform, you see a narrow passageway that leads you to the next room. You head down there with Flask of Wine? There's a pathway. We're going to check it out. Cool. Be safe, Artis says. Thank you. Maybe Artis and Starfall and say it at the exact same time. Thank you. <laughs> Pop can't... Um say anything because he's too busy thinking about how he was rude. (laughs) (laughs) This chamber contains a bronze apparatus centered on a hinged arm. Slowly rotating within the arm is a 100 foot, sorry, 10 foot diameter globe decorated by a topographic map of landforms and oceans. Concentric rings of brass constrain the device, all rotating and bearing their own lesser spheres. One of those spheres has sharp points and appears sun-like. Carvings of tall, headless humanoids decorate the walls of the room. Seems seems like a fun room. Seems like a fun room. Tiffany, you do not know what this sphere, uh, sorry, this device is, but you can tell that it's, uh, what do you call it when you've got like a, like a, a, a moon and it's got all, uh, sorry, a planet. Solar system? Not a solar system. Planetarium? No, it's, it's yeah. got like a word. It's like a mobile, yeah. but it's got an actual word. 
a solar system mobile, a, an observatron. Uh, let's have a look. Uh, let's, let's... A space. I, I, I want to try and guess it. The book here refers to it as an armillary sphere. So, mm, no, I'm thinking of the one that hangs on the roof, which I think is a mobile, but it's got like a name of like the solar system. You can see all of those rings, though, have like a, a, specific, a specific sphere that is traveling around on those rings. It looks okay. like it looks like a planet and it's, well, you do not know that this is what it is, but, but it, it looks, looks like a like... planet and it's orbiting like moons and such. Are they moving? Yeah, it moves slowly. Are you approaching it? It dominates the room. So to enter the room, you kind of will be approaching it. Okay, um, I stick to sort of. I if try not the to room, touch it. Sorry, I try not to touch it. Okay, but I sort of creep in. As you creep in, the apparatus suddenly swings around. It's rot- its rings rotating out of the way as the surface of the globe peels back to reveal a dark, hollow interior. Inside this cavity is a padded bronze chair with levers built into its armrests. What would hey, you like to do? Sit in the chair. Do you reckon we should sit in it? I think we must. <laughs> oh my oh. god, this is the best sleepover ever. Oh my god, <laughs> this is so bad. <laughs> Do you climb in? Yeah, I I start going in first. You add a flask of wine. You you That's fight a bit of flask a, yeah. of, You fight flask of wine to be the first one in. The sphere closes in front of you. Flask of wine gives a gasp, and when it shuts, he says, I did not expect that to happen. They're trapped. <laughs> <laughs> Neither did I. Can you hear me? Yeah, we're both in the sphere. <laughs> you are crammed in up against flask uh, of wine. Uh, can I didn't you hear realize me? we got it. I we are both in the sphere. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you've it's got dark a- in here, but got- you can kind of still through like dim light see the rings circling around. Okay, well, you've got left arm. I've got right arm. All right. Let us do this. Okay. So I really I softly tug on right lever. Uh, the spheres going around you move in one direction, or some of them move in one direction. I have left lever. <laughs> he presumably pulls the left lever, and some of them spin in another direction. Is anything happening? Does not look like it, but I cannot tell. I push right lever. You can tell that your right lever corresponds to several of the rotating uh, spheres. They, like, move in the specific direction whenever you push or pull. Is anything happening outside of the spheres? We can't see into that room. Can we sense anything happening? No. Well, you can hear a distant laughing, presumably the dungeon master. So, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) So, Tiffany and Flask, what are you doing? Hmm. So, it's just the two levers here? Yeah, just the two levers. Let's try... Both push them. You both push. You try all sorts of pushing and pulling together. You can tell that there doesn't seem to be anything to both of you move. It doesn't look like the levers are meant to be used in conjunction with each other. If there's anything special about this device, it might have something to do with the circling moons. I I try and get out. How? Uh, I just try and sort of push on the door a bit, uh, try and pull the thing open, just just some casual non-panicky ones where I'm like... Your breathing's at a normal level. Yeah, I'm just trying to slide the slide it open. Your pits are at a regular sweat. Yep, um, I, I ro- rock back and forth a bit. If you give a bit of pressure on the door, it opens. Oh, okay. Um, do you climb out? Yeah, I climb out. It closes back on Flask. Flask, do something else. 
Flask starts making all of the circle, the uh, moons and suns and whatnot rotate in different directions. You hear muffled from inside. I'm going to try to make them all line up. Good idea. Flask of wine attempts to make them line up. The largest one of the rotating orbs, the one that looks like a sun, splits open and 5,000 gold pieces land on the floor. Oh my goodness, Flask. What? What happened? Cass, think about it. Who's in your head? It's 5,000. How can I hide them all on my person? Could I? Could I hide them on my person? If you stuff them into your bag real quick. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, just... Okay. The the mental... Cass, you did an incredible face as you wrapped your brain around that morality problem. It was incredible. At the start, all Flask wanted was a share in the treasure. All he wanted was share, and I can't do that right now. So when Flask asked what happened... One of them broke. Um, give me two moments. I'm just going to clean it up. All right. That's a deception check. Ooh, against Flask of Wines. Mm, passive. How's it feel? Yep, you ha- deceive him. How does it feel to lie to a friend? You know what? Actually, you should have advantage. He wouldn't think you'd lie to him. Adam, you didn't have to do that. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Question, Adam. Uh, yeah. Fuck, Cass. You're evil. Right now, you kind of are. I am. So you you scoop up the 5,000 gold coins. Flask of wine is none the wiser. He hops out of the device as well. And do you search the room otherwise? Yeah, I want to inspect those headless men. Wall people, (laughs) yes. You find that one of them is quite clearly a false door. No, a real door. A secret door, not a false false wall. A false wall, thank you. You find a secret passageway, a small crawl space. When I find it, I go, Flask. Yes. Look. Yes, I know. I was right there when you found it. I was just excited. You're up against each other in the (laughs) sphere again. Oh, right. (laughs) (laughs) Just keep zooming out. You're right next to each other. Um, I, I go in first. I'm no longer brave, but what if there's good things that I want? Okay. You crawl your way for several feet until finally you find the, like, the back. So, oh, well, it'll be the front side of another passageway or door. There's, like, a mechanism to slide a trapdoor off you. Do you want to open it? Yeah. You slide it off. (laughs) I say, okay, we're going to be really quiet. (laughs) (laughs) You find yourself in the control room. Valindra's shadow mantle is sitting on a chair she has presumably conjured out of nothing. She is reading a magazine. She Just looks up as you approach. She, you realize she wears spectacles. Oh. Hello. Hello. They suit you. <laughs> Good boy, <work, guys. laughs> She takes the spectacles off and puts the magazine away. Well, I suppose we've... Seen everything there is to see. Um, want to take the boat back with us? Could we not go the way yes. you just went? <laughs> um, uh, it must she... be hard being uh. so, so easy to fool. <laughs> Can she? Uh, she probably is pretty skilled enough to climb and jump and stuff. It's uh, going back the other way. It's a very easy jump. You're, right, you're jumping down. Yeah. Um, can can that not have happened? <laughs> Could I have um actually you not embarrassed yourself in front of no. mom? No. C- 
can because like when I'm looking here, my intelligence is sixteen, and that as my character, that's bigger. I personally, as Cass, am at a disadvantage. So <laughs> I say, "Come with us." <laughs> All right. She climbs in after you. Yeah, we we go back and meet everyone. Yeah, you return to the rest of the party. Look who we found. The party is reunited. Uh, there's not like a lot of rejoicing or anything like that. It's not like anyone necessarily missed Valindra. Although you could tell I probably a, well, well, there you go. <laughs> well, uh, a couple of party members probably feel safer now at the very least. So some party members plaid the drow and maybe Biff feel safer. Good. I lock eyes with Pop in a threat. <laughs> You can just tell from that look that I'm not going to do anything. Cass. Yeah, you are not going to do like, anything. The, the, whatever fight was in Pop Mandarin is kind of missing. So the key is honesty. We go down the <laughs> stairs. At the bottom of the stairs, there's a doorway that opens up into a room. Who is going first? Me! All right, Artisember is backing you up. Yep. I'm doing Almost it out of spite. I'm no longer brave. I'm just mad. I'm at the back. Lucanu is also up the front as well. Green smoke billows out from a bronze cauldron in the middle of this 20-foot-high vaulted hall. Barely visible through the haze are three rocking chairs, several workbenches heaped with haberdashery, a spinning wheel, and a, a rusty iron cage containing a prisoner. Galleries stand 10 feet above the floor to either side of the room. That's creepy as hell. I Yeah, no, that's upsetting. You cannot see a lot of the room through the green haze. But we can see that it's a it's a big room with a scary lounge. Does anyone try to position Valindra specifically anywhere in the group? No, she, she, she can do what she wants. <laughs> All right, she's about in the middle. She has not entered the room then. Oh, dear. Um, Tiffany, you, I'm going to say you, Lucanu, and Artisan Brother first. Three people into the room. Can I take a, a cautionary huff of this of the haze? I want to know if it's poison. Uh, yeah, sure. That is the dumbest shit way to work out if something is poison. What else am I meant to do? You don't think it's poisonous. It's com- Like I said, it's coming out of the cauldron. You're not sure what's cooking in the cauldron? It smells unpleasant. But it doesn't seem poisonous. It, it's just obscuring sight in the room. Okay. Um, does that help? <laughs> Would you believe no? I might. It does not. We need to have a rest. When can we rest? Oh, my God. We really need to have a rest. Mm. You're running on fumes, as it were. Should we jump back up and rest in the... That might be smart because... We're near a portal. What I was going to suggest... Yep. That... Now, it's going to require some thoughts on your part, but... Flask of wine. Yeah. Goes over with someone with Nang-Nang in their head. He takes the Pearl of Power back across, gives it to someone else. They go back up, and we do that for every member of the party. Problem. Yep. Every single person who holds the Pearl of Power does not share. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends how, depends how strong their will is. True. True. Very true. Or, or we sleep in the hallway upstairs. Valindra doesn't need to sleep, and she's with us now. She can literally just keep watching the entire fucking time. She could. I, th- I think we really need to have a rest. Cass, I have one spell slot less and I'm on like 50 health. Okay. Um, <laughs> we dart back up the stairs. Mm-hmm. 
and we're going we're gonna to have a rest. Felinja's going to keep watch. Over the course of your rest, the star fallen softly hums a tune. It invigorates everyone's spirits. You are all fully healed. Thank you. Thanks, Adam. You're very welcome. No, it, it's just an ability she has. Yeah, but thank you for letting her do it and not letting us get attacked. Oh, yeah, no stress. That's fine. After the long rest, I make my way head first. After the long rest, <laughs> I take Moa out of my head and I put Shigambi back in. Why after the long rest? You take three points of damage. <laughs> Fuck. Would you like that to be before? Yes, Adam. I'd like to that have been before. Just before I go to bed, I swap it over because Moa's telling me truths and I don't want truths. I've had too many. You make your way down to the bottom. You see the same room before you. It's, I guess, Lucanu, Tiffany, and uh, Lucanu, Tiffany, and Artisember again in front. Do you slowly fan out and enter the room? Yep. I'm going to climb on the walls. Oh, you still have the Pearl of Power? Yeah. All right. You begin to climb on the walls. Well, I guess you don't then. Artis Simber approaches the cage with the prisoner. You see him like crouch low with his bow and arrow. He leans in to get a look at the cage. And he maybe as he's approaching as well, he's like, Psst, hey, hey, are you okay? And the, the prisoner in the cage stirs to look at Artis Simber. Artis Simber gasps and falls backwards onto his ass at about the exact same time the Valindra Shadow Mantle also enters the room. Valindra gestures towards the cauldron and says, I can see you. You might as well enter the material plane now. Uh-oh. Three creatures <laughs> appear around the cauldron. Who the fuck's in the cage? Tiffany, while you climb the wall, you see that five wooden doors are set into the walls of the gallery. So there's like a gallery going all around the room, Uh each carved with a geometric symbol, a triangle, a square, a pentagon, a hexagon, and an octagon. Now, the three creatures who appear below you, you see that one has tarnished gold coins covering her eyes and ants nesting in her skull. Oh, fuck. The ants scurry about and around her as she walks away from the cauldron towards you. The second one wears a string of chattering children's teeth that thumps about on a heavy peg leg. As she laughs, yellow gas billows out of her nose and ears. Around her neck, she has a pouch made of gnome skin inside of which you see or you can hear something jangled around. And then the final one has a squirming leather sack sewn over her head. Oh, they're fucking bloody gross. In turn, three different creatures appear out of that squirming, struggling sack. A cockerel, a viper, and a terrier. They talk as though they were her mouth. Oh. Welcome, little dearies. It's like one says one sentence, then the next says the next. Yeah, 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 yeah. Welcome, we are the Sewn Sisters. The one with tarnished gold coins covering her eyes says, I am Widow Groat. The one with the chattering children's teeth and the peg leg says, I am Peggy Deadbells. And the final one with the squirming leather sack sewn over her head says, I am Baggy Nana. 
please come. I am baggy, Nana. Drink from our cauldron. Arda Simbra gets to his feet and fires his bow and arrow. Who the fuck was in the cage? Let's go to initiative. <laughs> the fight has begun. And now a word from our sponsors. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. One of my greatest fears as a DM is that one day my players will just decide to take to the sea and I'll be caught with my pants down because that's just not where the story was going. Thankfully, if I ever find myself in that position, I can turn to Describe, spelt D-S-C-R-Y-B. Describe is a service which provides descriptive text of places, monsters and spells, and other observations, commonly referred to as box text, meant to be read aloud by DMs to players. There's currently over 1,400 scenes written up by a team of professional writers with more coming out every day. So you'll never be caught unawares again. That's basically bottomless content for you to throw at your currently ocean-bound players. So if you never want to be caught with your pants down, if you want to be able to provide an ocean of content with the click of your fingers, visit describe.com slash nerds. That's D-S-C-R-Y-B dot com slash nerds. And use the code nerds at checkout to save 10%. Artisimber uses Action Surge to... Oh, wait. Artisan uses Action Surge, and you see that it begins glowing with a blue light. All of Artisan hits are criticals. Oh, yes. Holy shit. Um, what are these things, Adam? Besides which monsters? Oh, uh, let me roll for both of you. Well, Pop, you know quite a bit about them. Tiffany, you are aware of them in passing. Maybe it's another racism thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that checks out. Yeah. Uh, they are night hags. This is presumably a coven of night hags as well. So a coven of any type of hag is way more powerful than the regular type. They can cast spells together, which increases their potency and increases the amount of spells they can cast. Ugh. First off, they like to eat children. Yeah, okay, good. None that's of the kids. Got that from the teeth. That's just a given. A night hag carries two very rare magic items that she must craft for herself. If either object is lost, the night hag will go to great lengths to retrieve it, as creating a new tool takes time and effort. The first one is a heartstone. This lustrous black gem allows a night hag to become ethereal while it's in her possession. 
the touch of a heartstone also cures any disease. So they can turn ethereal kind of at will unless you can take their heartstone for them. Where is the heartstone? You don't know. Does it always look I've given the you same? descriptions of the hags. It's not always the same, no. I've given you descriptions of the hags. On your turn, if you want, you can ask for further descriptions and I'll try to elaborate. You've got to look for the heartstone. If you can get rid of it, becoming ethereal is kind of a big deal. It means they can move through objects. Through objects. They become like ghosts, so you can't hurt them, but they can hurt you. Can a heartstone be anything? Does it have to be a physical stone? It, it's, a lus- it's a black gem. It will be. Yes, o- it, you'll know it when you see it. And the other one is a soul bag. When an evil humanoid dies as a result of a night hag's nightmare haunting, get to that in a tick, the hag Fuck. catches the soul in this black sack made of stitched flesh. Gee, maybe that's the thing on old mate's head. A soul bag can hold only one evil soul at a time, and only the night hag who crafted the bag can catch a soul with it. And the soul bag does not confer any special bonuses if you take it off them. They just use it in some of their hexes and rituals. It just annoys the shit out of them. Yeah, they'll just be mad. It's not going to really harm them if you take it from them. Additionally... They are obviously spellcasters. They are resistant to magic. So, oh, sorry, not resistant to magic, but they get advantage on saving throws against magic. They are resistant to cold, fire, non-magical or non-silvered weapons. They can't be charmed. They can change shape. They can make themselves a, a to look like a, a not hideous woman, but like a regular woman. <laughs> Yep, if they cool. want to, to trick Snow White into eating an apple. Yeah, yeah, that's or thing. eat some children in their gingerbread house. And then once a day, they may call upon their nightmare haunting. While on the ethereal plane, so they can only use it if they can become ethereal, the hag magically touches a sleeping humanoid on the material plane. A protection from good and evil spell cast on the target. You are so lucky, by the way. Because <laughs> I was going to be like, you're taking a nap literally next to them. Valindra was watching. You are so fucking lucky. If anyone else had been watching, we would have died. Yeah, you would. No one else could have seen them coming. Your sleep, they would have gotten three of you. Uh, uh, so they contact you from the border ethereal. As long as the contact persists, the target has dreadful visions. If these visions last for at least one hour, the target gains no benefit from its rest, and its hit point maximum is reduced by a d10. If this effect reduces the target's hit point maximum to zero, the target dies, and if the target was evil, its soul is trapped in the hag's soul bag. The reduction of the target's hit point maximum lasts until removed by the Greater Restoration spell or similar magic. That's Jesus. intense. This is very scary. Cass, it's only the start. Uh, watch out for their wicked claws as well. Oh, they're, my God, their claws? Yeah. Well, in hag form only. If they transform into a not hideous female or whatever, they can't use them. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's flask of wine. Oh, no, sorry. December is fucking... Artisimber saw something in that cage that made him open fire and use his once-a-week power. Oh, Cass. It's going to be his wife. First one is shoulder jab. Maximum damage and roll the damage dice again. So Artisimber's first attack deals 19 points of damage to, shall we say, the bag hag. Baggy Nana. Baggy Baggy Nana. Nana. 
The second one, right in the kisser. Maximum damage and the target cannot speak. That's pretty bad for her. Oh, that's good. Is that Baggy Nana as well? Yep. The target cannot... It's, it hits her in all three of her mouths. The viper, the cockatrice, and the terrier. <laughs> it hits her in a dog mouth and the bird mouth <laughs> and the snake mouth. It hits her in a, in a bitch, snaky, cocksucking mouth. <laughs> Another 12 points of damage... And she cannot talk for nine rounds, which is functionally going to be the length of this combat. They'll kill us in nine rounds. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Find an opening. Maximum damage, and you have advantage on attacks against the target for 2d4 plus two rounds. I'm not going to roll that. It's just going to be functionally for the rest of this fight for her. Maximum damage again would be another 12. So it's we're up to 43 damage total. Next one is in the knee. Maximum damage, and roll the damage dice again. Another 6 plus 18 plus 43 is 50, 61 damage total. Then find an opening. Maximum damage and you have advantage. (laughs) He has just a lot of advantage. Then finally, poke in the belly, triple damage. He deals on the final attack 27 points of damage. It is, she is still standing. Oh my god. 88 damage total. Oh, she's still alive. Yep. How does she look, Adam? She's pincushioned. She's got arrows all over her. She's hissing at... Not hissing. No, she's cursing at Artis Simba. The curses have a magical weight to them, and you can see that Artis Simba's skin is becoming sallow. Then it is Flask of Wine's turn. Flask of Wine doesn't know what's happening, but his friends have started firing, and he's nothing if not one of the crowd... He loves friends. Uh, I think I'm funny. He hits twice. He's going to attack the same hag as well. He's not sure that the other hags are enemies. He doesn't know what's happening. He's, God bless that idiot. He deals seven and then eight points of quotation marks damage. Then it is the Starfallen's turn. The Starfallen knows what a fucking hag is and knows these creatures are not friends. First things first, she looks at you, Tiffany, and she, in her beautiful, melodic voice, she urges you forwards. You have bardic inspiration. <gasps> then she waves a hand, and uh, you see, well, you hear a loud ringing noise, painfully intense, erupts around the cauldron. The cauldron explodes, and the three hags need to make constitution saving throws. Pass. Oh, pass, pass. Unfortunately, all three of them are only going to take half damage. That's right. One of them is absolutely fucked. True. Lucanu is going to charge, let's say, Peggy Deadbells. I love their names. The, the, the best name, though, is Baggy Nana. The names got better, like Widow Groat. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, let's give okay. some of that Groat. And then Peggy Deadbells, oh. Peggy! If someone, if someone gave me the nickname Peggy Deadbells... I'd be chuffed. I'd be over the moon. It, it's a cool name. And then Baggy Nana. Lucanu deals 10, then 18, then 11 points of quotation marks damage. With three wicked slashes, you can see that the Night Hag is resistant to non-magical, non-silvered weapons. It does not sting like it should. But, so, you know how metal is really hard? And if you hit, like, a sheet of metal with an axe... 
you, you wouldn't expect to see much of a dent, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, imagine instead of just a regular person swinging an axe, imagine instead you have devised a specific type of cannon that fires <laughs> at high velocity an axe into a sheet of metal. Yeah, the metal is resistant to this, but fuck, it came at high velocity. Wow. Yeah, not fair. So the Nighthag is resistant to this damage, but it's still, it, you can see that it hurt. The Nighthag has been damaged pretty thoroughly. Then it is, that was Lucano Pop, it's your turn. Great. Adam. Uh, oh, uh, Hags count as fiends, by the way, so... Uh, Holy Avenger? Holy Avenger does extra damage. Nom, 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 nom. I'm not going to use Holy... I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm going to talk ki- them down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, Adam, what I'm going to do is... Can I see Tiffany? Yes. You're on the wall. Yeah. I can see artists fighting. Well, artists are just fired arrows at one. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go for Baggy Nana. Okay. Because artists is fighting that one. All right. So I'm going to go for Baggy Nana mm-hmm. with Holy Avenger, with Shigambi. I'm going to use a Zephyr Strike. Uh, one of my attacks that hits, just roll the the Savage Attacker thing so I can just use the highest damage from the roll. Okay. Um, and if I miss any of them, use the Stalker's Flurry so that I get to have another crack. And as I run towards... The, the baggy nana with the sword in my hat, I look at Tiffany on the wall and I say I'm sorry and then I go and fight. That is impolite to do in a fight. I can't attack now. <laughs> <laughs> I would say I'm going to make you... Oh, all three of your attacks hit. The re-roll you're going to get, I reckon, should be the one where you do an extra D8 damage from Zephyr Strike because you get to re-roll that as well. Let's the- do that, Adam. All right, so your first attack... Kills uh, Baggy Nana. <laughs> oh, yeah, I rip the sack off her head. That's the plan. I'm just going to cut all those little animals out. The animals turn to smoke when the bag hits the ground. Baggy Nana collapses. You've killed Baggy Nana. Who do you want to turn on, then? Oh. You've got your other two Peggy attacks. Dead bells. Peggy Dead Bells. Peggy Fight Dead Bells. Peggy Dead Bells it is. <sighs> Finish what Arda started, then turn to your wife and join her in battle. Join her in battle. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Pop's best day ever. As I run up to Peggy Deadbells and raise my sword to fight her, I just say, you're really fucking ugly and I look like this. <laughs> That's just rude. Yeah, that is really rude. I'm embracing it. <laughs> <laughs> you deal 54 points of damage to Peggy Deadbells. Fuck yeah. Um, what's her description again? Because uh, I want to try to go for that leg because I reckon that's where the heartstone is. She's got the children's teeth though. Uh. Peggy Deadbells wears a string of chattering children's teeth and thumps about on a heavy peg leg. When she laughs, yellow gas billows out of her nose and ears. Around her neck, she wears a pouch made from gnome skin. Oh, pouch. no, it's the patch. <laughs> Adam, I'm going, I'm, I'm going to kill her, but I also want to try to get that fucking patch. Pouch. Pouch. I will allow... All right, so... Is this a skill? It is. I will allow you to do this, but she gets an attack of opportunity because you're technically taking two actions. Adam, I will let her do that. She claws at you. Uh, no. <laughs> okay. You, you, no, she she can't land a blow. You, you, you deal 54 points of damage. She's on the back foot. She didn't realize you would be this powerful. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling real rude. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, they genuinely did not assume you lot would be working so well in harmony together. Their intelligence has revealed the opposite. (laughs) 
Yeah. yeah. Have they been spying on us the whole time? Yeah, they can turn ethereal. They've been so spying on you whenever they can. Yeah, yeah. So basically they're like, oh, the big ones, no one wants to help. He's not going to help. Oh, no, he's help. You, you managed to grab that pouch and within it, you find a heartstone, what is definitely a heartstone, and five lustrous black marbles. You're not sure what their purpose is. They are not. So I know I said the heartstones are black. Uh, black. They're not uh, heartstones, though. This is definitely something different. Yeah, they look and feel different. So it's one heartstone and five black marbles of some sort. Wonderful. That was your turn, Pop. Yeah. Tiffany, would I be able to run over and destroy the heartstone? Is that something within my... Uh, you could, but now that Pop has it, there's no danger in it. So Won't she try not... and attack Pop to get it back? She could. I'm also already standing in front of her. She's going to try and attack me anyway, I figure. But she could get it back off of you. Mm. I mean, you could come and grab it. You could if you wanted to. Um, yeah. Oh. You're not 100% sure what the smartest choice of action is, to be honest. Um, yep, I would like to run through... Grab the um Heartstone. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh no, I was grab Pop's hand and <laughs> smash the heartstone in Pop's hand. Alright. Was like it with, also to secretly the, hold my hand? This is probably gonna hurt you. I smash the heartstone with the hilt of my rapier right into Pop's hand. You bring the hilt down onto the heartstone and you put a crack in it, but you do not destroy it. So unfortunately that was Tiffany, your turn. That's so sad. <laughs> Nothing happened. I put a crack in it. So it is Peggy Deadbells' turn. She just tries to claw at you. She screams. She's so furious that you've killed one of her sisters. Oh, does that mean they're also less powerful? Uh, I need to quickly check, actually. I don't. Not in terms of their strength, but like you're saying they could do spells together. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. assuming a uh, covenant. Yep. You have deprived them of their hag coven abilities. Wow, I forgot how powerful some of them are. Holy shit. You literally just saved your own life. <laughs> Yay! Wow. What could she have done? What could she have done? I'm finally fighting good. Uh, at the very least, she could have put most of the party asleep. <gasps> no, that's where they eat us. Mm, yeah. Wow, that's one of them. God, they could have turned you into like a rabbit or something. Fuck, that would have been yeah. Wow, very the fun. end of the game. <laughs> yeah, you were you were you were lucky. All she can do now is claw at you, which eh, she misses. I was about to say it could still be pretty dangerous, but she misses. <laughs> she tries to claw at you, but she can't land a hit. Artisembra starts walking forwards and continuously plugs arrows at Peggy Deadbells. Uh, Peggy. He deals eight points of damage on his first attack. His second attack, also a hit, deals 11 points of damage. That downs Peggy Deadbells. Then he wheels about on Widow Groat. Twang, twang. And when he draws the third one back, there's a brief moment where you hear like a cracking of wood and you can tell that Artisimber in his rage and fury, he is yelling. <laughs> I don't know if I mentioned that. Whoa. He just starts yelling. And in his rage and fury, he pulls back a little bit too hard on Lucanu's bow, which is not, he is not used to its poundage. Um, even, uh, yeah, uh, that's his turn. <laughs> Then it is Valindra's turn. What's she going to do? Really? Oh, no. Oh, wow. Did Valindra just miss? As Valindra levels a hand, she begins casting a spell. A 
portal opens next to her. You recognize this portal. It's not the first time it's happened in this dungeon. And you see a terrifying, the terrifying visage of Azarak lean out. It's not as actually Azarak. It is presumably some defense mechanism of the dungeon that detects when a lich other than Azarak casts magic. The trap just takes the form of looking like Azarak. It reaches out, grabs her arm, and channels energy into her. Uh, Valindra takes a step back and seems staggered. You can see electricity surging through her and slowly dissipating at the ground around her. You, Neither of you were knowledgeable enough about magic to understand what just happened, but Valindra looks shocked. That was her turn. It's Thlad's turn. Oh, here we go, Tlad, you fucking drow. Uh, Tlad casts a spell of some sort. He forces magical energy into the final night hag, Widow Groat's throat. She swallows it unwillingly, and you see that her flesh begins to turn to stone. Ooh. Holy shit. She is restrained as the condition. She hasn't properly turned to stone yet, but her speed becomes zero. She can't benefit from any bonuses to speed. Attack rolls against her have advantage, and her attacks have disadvantage, and she has disadvantage on dexterity saving throws. It's her turn. Her attacks have disadvantage. (laughs) She claws ineffectually at Pop and misses. Wow, she would have hit that time. God, they have not landed a single hit on you, Lot. That's we're using all of our good luck in this fight, cast. Yeah, this the next is very fight, bad we're for gonna us. We're going to have no good luck. In fact, we're going to have the opposite, what I like to call whoopsie luck. It's <laughs> Biff's turn. He biffs her. He hits her twice with his morning star, dealing nine and then eight points of quotation marks damage. Back to the top, it's Flask of Wine's turn. Flask of Wine is pretty sure everyone is cool with him killing this hag. <laughs> He's still, you know, a little bit unsure. His first attack is a miss. Oh, no, a miss. It hits, but it bounces off rock. His second attack is a critical hit. Yeah, he weakened it first. Yeah, he just chipped it away, and then he put his arrow through Between it. the shoulders, maximum double damage. He maybe has maneuvered himself around behind the night hag, he deals maximum double damage is, uh, oh, it's only halved, so it's just maximum damage. He deals 12 points of damage. And then it is the Starfallen's turn. She thinks this is pretty in hand. She doesn't want to waste any of her magic. So she's going to delay her turn until... No, we, of- we need her. We no, need we need her. Turn. That's smart. <laughs> Lucanu has no such impunctions. <laughs> Lucanu is very happy to keep wailing. Yeah, there, you, there, there you go. Lucanu scores... Two hits and one critical hit. Bashed shoulder, maximum damage. Lucanu just starts wailing upon the partially petrified night hag. She deals 19, then 12, then 15 points of quotation marks damage. That is a lot of damage. It's your turn, Pop. Uh, I would also like to turn my attention to this final night hag. How's she going, Adam? She she's fucked. It doesn't look good for her right now. So I'm not going to even use Zephyr Strike. Uh, I'm just going to (laughs) go just kill her. Just straight up murder this haggy, haggy fuck. First attack, hit. Second attack, oh, wait. 
<laughs> Roll with advantage. First attack, hit. Second attack, hit. Third attack, hit. Yeah, look, hey, fuck. Great. And just um, I don't know, re-roll double damage on the, re-roll the damage on the first hit. Uh, yeah, you destroyed the last night, Hag. Smash. They all dead. Yeah, you smash. You smash her good. Everyone, all right? You right, horns? Yeah, I'm fine. Artis. Artis leans against the wall and doesn't say anything. Who's in What's the in the cage? I go up to the cage. The green smoke begins to dissipate out of the room now that the cauldron has been destroyed. And in the cage? Yep. Who's the first one to get there? We both I, go to the cage. Yeah. We are right near Artis. I go straight to the cage. Who the fuck is in this cage? In the cage is a sickly-looking creature. You can tell it's a tiefling. She has, like, curved back horn. Oh, no, no, pr- improperly grown horns, actually. Her horns are small nubs. No, not nubs. They're still slight. You can definitely tell that she has horns. There's no disguising that fact. Yep. But her horns are, like... Actually, her horns look exactly like Tiffany's, just like they haven't grown right. Right. She's curled in a ball, facing away from you, shivering. Hello? Uh, uh, hello? Hello, she says. She turns around, and both of you look into Tiffany's face. What foul sorcery is afoot here, and what has it done to Tiffany? Find out next time on Once Upon a Time, Zombie Plague Chopped. Thanks for listening. If you want to help support this show and all the other shows on the Sans Pants Radio Network, just head to sanspantsradio.com and consider joining the Sans Pants Plus community. There's over 20 bonus shows, a Sans Pants Plus Discord, exclusive video content, and discounts on merch. Just head to sanspantsradio.com and follow the links. Hey there, fellow adventurer. If you're picking up what we're putting down and want more D&D content, we have just what you need to scratch that itch. D&D is for Nerds Plus, the symbol, not the word, where you can listen to select campaigns that were once only available to Sans Pants Plus members. The further adventures of the Grey Hill Free Company if you want shorter campaigns with beautiful guests, and D&D is for Nerds, not Ognot, where all our non-canon D&D adventures go to rest. Just search for D&Ds for Nerds on your favourite podcast app of choice and join us on this epic quest of D&D podcast discovery.